What's up, Homer Maniacs, and welcome to an OHS State Championship edition of the Homers. I am Stephen A. Turner, joined in the studio by Mr. Brandon Ward. It's clobbering time. Mr. David Clark. F-I-L-D, you heard. And Mr. Ben Hardesty. The only time you hear me say, go Devils. That's right, that's right. We're all on the same page today as far as the Owensboro Red Devils bringing home that state trophy tomorrow. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. Before we get into it, uh, we are coming to you from the Century Aluminum Studios today right here at 1027 The Game. We got to talk a little bit about basketball. We got to fit it in somewhere because it's underway and we got to get out to the game this week and already got some basketball blood uh, flowing through our veins as we got to go out and see Davis County uh, just topple Madisonville, a very good Madisonville team. And we have to talk about it because uh, Marshall Griffiths, I mean, the guy's flown under the radar all off season. I've been trying to tell as many people that I, I can. Don't forget about this guy. He goes out and drops 40 points in the season opener versus Madisonville, who is not a slouch. And they beat him going away by about 30 points. So He looked like he gets to the hole anytime he wanted. It looked like he added 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason and got quicker somehow. So, I mean, you had those two together. You got a lethal combination. That To me, that's what's going to make Davis County go. I mean, they got the bigs. They've actually had the bigs the last few years uh, with the departure of Bickle due to graduation. They're going to rely on Stuart Curry. So 20-something himself. Ab- absolutely. But uh, Marshall Griffith, um, much like Eli for Apollo, is just is going to be the cog that turns the engine wheel for Davis County. If Davis County is going to be that team to make the push, to challenge OHS, to challenge Apollo, Marshall Griffith has to make them go because it opens up so much for the other guys. Davis County got that uh, Hagen kid, too. He's a defensive stopper, I noticed out there. Once uh, Madisonville started getting started getting uh, down a little bit in the game, I think that's that was the cause of it. They stepped up their defense, and once that happened, it ended up being like a 30-point game all of a sudden. You just look up. I think the big thing that uh, for me was watching him during the Dust Bowl last year or over the summer. I mean, we got to see him kind of go to street ball mode, and he just took over. And I'm and I'm thinking, and I'm hoping that uh, the coaches kind of let him unleash a little bit. And it seemed like they did the other night when he dropped forty. I mean, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And he is going to be. I don't know. As an Apollo guy, in my mind all summer, I'm thinking it's Apollo OHS, Apollo OHS. It's not. I mean, this team right here. Hey. This team right here could make some make some noise. Good news is we get to find out tonight, don't we? We do get to find Holla. out tonight, and uh, it's going to be OHS uh, traveling out to the uh, Panther Arena. I know a lot of OHS fans are in full-blown football mode, but this is a big-time matchup. District matchups are nothing to scoff about, because I assure you uh, the team that's going to get the two and three seed is going to have – I mean, not, that's nothing against Catholic, who's going to be a four seed. There's no easy matchups, but – you want to win your district games. Absolutely. And, and, and when do you get to see the number five ranked basketball team in the state overlooked? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Nobody's even thinking about no, it right now. No, they're on the back burner. Uh, Mr. Eric Holman and Mr. Justin Miller and company on the back burner because of the football team tomorrow. But uh, let's go ahead and get to our Davis County Panther of the Week. And it's got to be Marshall Griffin. I mean, drop 40 points uh, right off the jump. Great way to start the season for him. And he's going to be a matchup problem for anybody all season long. And we'll move it along now to uh, Owensboro Catholic, who Mr. Ben Hardesty got to get over and see uh, firsthand. They got the first win. Neil Hayden era begins with a W. Uh, the Aces pick up a win Whoa. led by Ray Zuber. And you, you were there to see it firsthand. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, uh, you know, they were without Cam O'Brien. He's a big facilitator, but good news is he'll be coming back this weekend for uh, tonight's game and Saturday's game. But uh, Zuber was the was the player of the game, 6-7, three-point line. Uh, any sort of sliver of an opening, that shot was going up and it was going in. I mean, the guy was brilliant on, uh, I guess it was Tuesday night. Uh, Coach Hayden did an outstanding job from what I saw. The offense looks really smooth, and it's still early. Defense has some things to work out, but it's also still early. And uh, Catholics surprised me with how big they are. They're a little bit bigger than what I thought they were. And uh, they go a little deep. I saw, saw them play nine, ten guys um, the other night. So uh, any other week, and we talked about this off air, any other season, Catholic may have the best team in the district. But this district is so loaded it this is. year, you know, it's just tough. Yeah, I don't want to leave Catholic out. I said, you know, you don't want to get the, the two or three seed. It's not it's it's not out of the realm of possibility a four seed doesn't upset a one seed in this district either. There's a lot four great teams in this district. First and foremost, the, what Catholic accomplished Tuesday night was was representing the bluegrass. Any time a Kentucky right. team plays an Indiana team, get it done. And Catholic 
held it down for the state of Kentucky. Uh, big ups to uh, Coach Neil Hayden for his first win and representing Kentucky at the same time. And listen, guys, don't sleep on this Catholic high basketball team. I mean, we talk about, you know, with the emergence of Davis County, you know, Marshall Griffith dropping 40. Catholic can beat anybody. Listen to me. Anybody on a given night. No, no and question. I promise you, nobody's going to want to see the Aces in the first round of district. No. Uh, before we move on to our Aces Player of the Week, I do want to point out that Ed Carter looks like a different Ed Carter than what I saw last year. Last year, he's probably playing at 70% with the bum knee. That guy's playing way above the rim now. I mean, it's, it's amazing what he could do. I, I saw him throw or pin this guy's stuff on the backboard the other night, and that was something I'd seen from college stuff or from college games, it was impressive. Yeah, talking to Coach Hayden on the side, he's really, really impressed. He said he knew he was getting a good player in Ed Carter, but he didn't know he was that good. I think he was slowed a little bit last year by injuries. The end of his sophomore year, he really came on. I think that's the Ed Carter we're going to see this season. That's dangerous uh, for all the opponents of the Aces. Let's get to our uh, Owensboro Catholic Ace of the Week. Gambit's Ace of the Week brought to you by St. Maximilian. Kobe Book and Gift called 270-689-9485. And football season may be over, uh, but the ace of the week is still going to go to Ray Zuber. I mean, baseball, uh, basketball, football, Ray Zuber it does it all. I mean, it is what it is. It's not the jack of all trades. He's the ace of all trades. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And before we move on to uh, to Apollo, I've got to say something we can't let get overshadowed by the championship game. The OHS championship game is a very good cause. Owensboro Catholic, uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock, Varsity, 4.30 JV. Uh, they're doing a donate toys to Coast Air's Ho- Children's Hospital. Coach Hayden's doing a great thing over there. Uh, so if you're in town and you're and you're not going to the OHS game, I think half the people in town probably are. The other half need to get out to the sports center and bring a toy because it's a great cause uh, for Coast Air's. And uh, that'll be, like I say, Varsity at 6, JV at 4.30. And we'll talk about that again later on the show. I'll make sure I highlight that again. But uh, we'll move it on now to Apollo. Their boys have not played. They'll play North Laurel tonight. Big, uh, I wouldn't say tournament, but it's a big uh, weekend kind of jamboree thing. They'll play Saturday uh, versus Madison Central. And then uh, tonight versus North Laurel, a Broughton kid. Uh, it's principal over there. I think it's his nephew. Uh, dropped 35 the other night. I mean, it's going to be a good game. Big, big test for Apollo this weekend, uh, tonight and tomorrow. Uh, but the girls – kick things off we got to highlight them because uh, Janaya Hall division one signee Austin P goes out drops 24 points 22 rebounds I mean that's sick numbers right off the bat and they get the win over Hopkins County Central uh, so the AHS girls are off on the right foot coach Orlando Johnson's looking for a big season there and I wanted to highlight that so let's get to our AHS player of the week Apollo Creed champion of the week brought to you by Cobert painting call 270-929-1044 this time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. And the winner's Janae Hall. I think we've already uh, went over it. 24 points, 22 boards. Those are sick numbers from anybody, and I look for her to have a monster season going forward. And tonight, real quickly, we'll go through the matchups. Uh, Meade County's going to visit Owensboro Catholic. And we'll try to have some updates from you there. I know we'll have pictures from OHS Davis County. Huge, huge uh, matchup. I hate that it's happening right off the bat. OHS's season opener is a district game. Kind of odd, but, hey, in a way, the fan in me loves it because I'll be out there and the gym's going to be rocking out there at Davis County right off the bat. Uh, Apollo at North Laurel, like I mentioned. You got Cloverport, who got their first win of the season uh, over Whitesville Trinity. Uh, congratulations to Nick Smith and company. As highlighted on www.thehomers1027.com. Yeah, you're going to have to visit our website a lot to get a lot of these updates because the show is just not going to – a one-hour radio show will not hold boys and girls basketball this season. It just won't. I mean, these, there's tons of games. Uh, so Cloverport is at Breck. Breck got a win, too. So they're, both teams are 1-0. Hancock County, Ty Ogle, huge game the other night. He told me he's going to make some noise this year. He already did it. I think he dropped 23 points the other night. Uh, they're traveling to Butler County, and then Muhlenberg is at Grayson. So uh, those two teams are 1-0 as well. So that's a, that's a big-time third region game right off the bat, too. Absolutely. The biggest out-of-ninth district game uh, in, in the area is, is, is Muhlenberg County at Grayson. Can't wait to see how that – because those are two teams that we figured could challenge the ninth district. And I know a lot of people are still on football mode, like, and they should be, as rightfully so. Big, big, huge game uh, tomorrow, but 
a lot of good basketball games tonight. So in the meantime, go check out some basketball. So uh, we'll put a bow on that for right now. All you basketball fans, don't worry. Next week, uh, we've been pushing it back and back and back, but we just don't want to overshadow it. We'll preview Davis County and OHS to wrap up our previews, and we'll talk about the games that were from, from the week. Well, speaking of overshadowing for basketball, oh, we didn't mention OHS going to be playing in the Marshall County Hoop yeah, Fest at 10 a.m. I had it written down. Yeah, 10 a.m. Saturday morning against Marshall County in a tournament scholarly BSA from uh, University of Kentucky commit. Several other guys going to Kentucky. Hey, who cares? It's got a state championship football game. I hate that, man. I hate it. Why are you having the Marshall County Hoop Fest the same weekend as state championship football? Like, that's crazy. Push it back a week, guys. It's one of the biggest basketball tournaments in the nation. We'd love to be down there. We would love it. We would be down there. But guess what? We can't because the, it, something even bigger than that is taking place on Saturday, and it's a state championship game, uh, OHS and Highlands. And we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But before we do, we've got to talk about how they got there. I mean, we talked about it at length on our podcast, but for the radio listeners that didn't get to hear it, you two guys were there. Ward has gone down in history at this point for getting uh, the video heard around the world. Uh, Yahoo, Fox Sports, uh, Sporting News, Deadspin. Deadspin. I mean, let's just name them all. I mean, this guy and, and the, oh, my God, you know, the, the, the miracle that was uh, on Friday night uh, basically showed everybody – what passion is when it comes to sports. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm sitting there laughing because, you know, you think about all these famous people that got catchphrases like Roger, Rodney Dangerfield's no respect. So, you know, wherever he goes, people want him to say that. Ward's thing's going to be like, oh, my God. Like 20 years from now, somebody's going to come up to Ward and be like, hey, please say, oh, my God. And <laughs> Ward's yeah, going right. to be like, leave me alone. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Clark, talk a little bit about, I know we said last week uh, that kids that were in the stands for the Madisonville game, which don't, Everybody forgot about that uh, game that was just unbelievable, how kids are going to remember that and they're going to be talking about like we talk about old games. I don't know if they will now. I think maybe this will be the game that they everybody – I mean, no one will ever forget this. Yeah, Co- Coach Prince in the interview we got coming up for you guys uh, will highlight some of that stuff, uh, some, of the, some of the you know happenings that, that got to where we're at now. But real quick, I mean, Owensboro, as, as far as should they have won the game, no. They, they made plenty of mistakes. that They actually had no business – beating North Odom in the sense that the Owensboro kept fumbling or having a turnover or something, you know, big-time mistake would happen. But Owensboro just kept overcoming, like Rocky Balboa. They kept picking themselves up off the campus canvas and, and making plays when it had to, and it ultimately led to basically the, the Bluegrass Miracle Part 2. Uh, the the Hail Mary hurt, literally hurt and riled the world and, and hurt on ESPN Sports Center's Top 10. Yeah, we we here it is right here. Listen to this. High school football. Owensboro high down three. Oh, Nick Walker, kiss one Walker. It's tipped three times. That's a game-winning touchdown. Good for you, Nick Locker. That's what came next. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know the clip, we we lobbied hard. We got to thank Daryl Vanover from uh, Greater Owensboro Realty. Uh, we kind of led a little bit of a campaign on our Twitter, and Daryl Vanover just took the campaign, took it straight to Merrill Hodge, and he responded back and forth with this. Who is the the father of the quarterback of Highlands? He really took it upon himself to get that clip on Sports Center, and hey, we succeeded. And just happens to be ESPN's NFL. ESPN and analyst, uh, what is it, Sunday Former countdown? Pittsburgh Steeler, yeah, yeah. Merrill Hodge, the guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't always agree with his opinions and whatnot, but, hey, you got to give him a lot of credit for getting getting OHS on he's sports. He's got team. a heck of a – he wears awesome ties. Yeah, he does. He does. those knots on those ties. Yeah. Oh, my God. Perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. But back to the game, it's just something that we'll always remember. Me not being an OHS fan, I, I actually changed the fa- my Facebook profile picture to beat Highlands this week. I mean, you cut me open. I'm bleeding blue all the way. But go OHS and, and, and you know, uh, represent the city. This show has changed me a lot. I love the kids from OHS. The feedback that we've gotten from the kids, the parents, the grandparents. I mean, we're, we're, somebody printed our picture out and put Versailles Greer's grandma prints our picture out and puts it in his football scrapbook. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. what's going on? I mean, I feel like I didn't do do it justice when I was talking about what happened last week. But, I mean, we just, due to time constraints, you know, for this show today, we don't really have the time. But if you want to hear the detailed breakdown of what happened, uh, the Bluegrass Miracle in Goshen, Kentucky, go to go to www.thehomers1027.com and download the podcast. You could do it there. You could do it on Apple iTunes Store, Stitcher Radio, and... LiveSportsCaster.com. That's right. LiveSportsCaster picked up 
picked up our show to to syndicate statewide online too. So you know, it's uh, people are jumping on the freight train. So more more power to you. anybody. Anybody wants to jump on it, go. I ahead. mean, we could do a show just on that. We did do a show. We just did do a show just, just on, on that. that. So yeah, if you want to listen to that, be sure and check out the podcast. We got some really cool sound clips in there uh, from the game the other night. And I mean, you really you could say you, this could be a two or three hour episode. Uh, we got an interview with Coach Prince coming up later on. I didn't highlight that, but after the commercial break, we'll hear from Coach Prince, get his thoughts, because uh, nobody wants to just hear us ramble on about it. We want to hear what Coach Prince thinks about it. You know, I was talking to Ward off the air before we before we suited up for this show, and I said, go back and listen to the interview in the summer we did with Coach Prince. I think it was maybe the first week of August. And you, you I, one thing stands out to me from that interview. He said, you know, we've had great teams in the past, really, really good teams that didn't make it the state the state championship. And at the end of the day, you can be really great, but every but to make that run, you need a little bit of luck. You need the ball to bounce your way a couple times. And hey, it just gives you cold chills thinking back on it right now because it's like without a little bit of luck, you know, where would this team be? So you, you, it, it was almost like he just, knew, like you know, watching him in the studio. It was like he knew something. Like it was kind of weird. He had this kind of swaggy, like smirk on his face. Like he knew this was going to be a special ride. It was like Tony Hopper taking a bite of the cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, it, was. it was. It really was. I mean, the football gods uh, were on his side. I think way back then, and he knew it. And here we are now. And hopefully, they stay on his side for just one more day. One more day, get the trophy back to to OHS. So. Uh, I guess we'll take a commercial break. Well, actually, let's go ahead and get to our OHS Player of the Week. I'm going to let you name it. I'm going to put you on the spot. We haven't even discussed it. Okay. You're going to roll into the studio? And let's gonna, do it. You're going to name it on the fly. I know we nominated God. Uh, <laughs> because I, I was going to go with God, actually. <laughs> but let's, let's get to our OHS Player of the Week. Owensboro Hellboy of the Week brought to you by Wendellas Canine Cafe and Spa, 727 Leachfield Road. Call 270-316-5324. <laughs> And the winner is. And the winner's going to have to be TJ James. I yeah. mean, this, this the kid is just a machine right now. He, I believe Coach Prince said he, he had 30 carries and probably could have ch- toted at least 15 more. Uh, Ramin Lindsay's out with a shoulder injury, and, and TJ picked up the load. But not only that, what he did on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it was just it's just amazing watching him, you know, get you know, be a workhorse on the offensive side and then come up and make an amazing tackle on defense. I'm like, where does this kid muster up? that much energy and that much strength and, and fortitude to just make it happen on both sides. It's it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I think it's well-deserved. Uh, I've got stats out the out the ears. We've got Coach uh, Prince's interview. And I know you, you've broke down Highlands at length. When you did a phenomenal job last week breaking down North Odom, I think you pretty much set the stage for all OHS fans on what to look for in that game. So we're going to get that. We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break because we've got so much to go over. We're going to get the break out of the way and come back and just go OHS football. It's a state championship edition, so stay with us. 1027 The Game, ESPN Owensboro. Welcome back to the Homer State Championship Edition. Go OHS. Uh, bring the trophy back to Owensboro. Uh, right now, uh, we do have uh, Coach Prince that's going to join us. I know Clark went out, got a word with him. we got to thank Coach Prince for giving us the time. I know this has been one hectic week. Everybody's wanting to get his thoughts on the play last week and then getting, getting his team ready for Highlands, which is no small task. Uh, so big thanks to Coach Prince for coming on the program. Uh, we'll go ahead and hear from him right now. David Clark here in the Gerald Pointer Fieldhouse on the campus of Owensboro High School with head football coach Joe Prince. Uh, coach Prince, thank you for taking the time in your busy schedule, busy week to uh, join us and uh, get the uh, get the community hyped up about the state championship game. Uh, thank you. We're, we're very blessed uh, to be able to say we're doing this this weekend, and and I'm excited about it. Thank you. It's a, it's a special time of year. I, I know Owensboro fans, you know, salivate for the chance to, to, to play this time of year, you know, throughout our history, it's, it's been a big part of, 
who we are and what we've done. And, you know, talk about the journey, you know, because everybody looks at right now and, and the kind of the glamour, the media attention, the, everything that's happened. But this thing starts really early. I mean, going back to uh, preseason workouts in January, but kind of kind of touch base uh, where you started at in the preseason as to where you are right now. Well, we started out in the weight room saying that we were going to uh, uh, work hard in the weight room. We needed everyone there and, and paying the price and, and that our goal this year was to go to state. And, uh, you know, one of our kids said, Coach, our goal is to win state. And I said, well, I understand that's, that is the goal, but you got to get there first. And it takes a lot of luck to get there. So just remember that word luck. And then, uh, then we worked out really good, had a great spring, had a couple kids that moved in and we were excited about. Rodney Collier enrolled last year and uh, – we also uh, landing board, uh, who hasn't, you know, you haven't heard a lot about, but we, we have some big hopes for him, and he's done a couple good things for us. And, you know, he's only a sophomore. But anyway, they move in, and, and after spring, I tell our coaches, we've got to have a tight end, and it wouldn't hurt to have one or two more linemen. You know, we've got to develop, and um, we were excited that we thought we could get some guys, but – we, we were still weak there, and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, I give them a, a bunch of time off in the summer. I believe they need a month off to be a kid, and then we come back and go to camp, and uh, as soon as we go to camp, right before we go to camp, uh, a kid that was belonged here named Basad Greer moved back in, and, you know, we, we said we got to get him in shape. It's got to get a little cooler, and he's going to produce for us. He's got to get eligible, and, and, and all this goes on. And then out of nowhere, um, a kid named Ronnie Wisen comes in, and Ronnie is a, you know, a senior from Michigan, and he's dropped in our lap. And then th that happened, say, like on a Friday or whatever, and then uh, this kid just shows up and says, hey, I'm – moved in here and I want to play and and uh, I tell him the process he has to go through and meet the AD and go through the KHSAA before he can do and all this and well, that Sunday night I get an email and uh, uh, a lady named Julie Howard who used to be Julie Bales uh, who I taught in school said hey coach I got two kids coming one of them's injured but the other one he's going to be a senior he's 6'6", 310 being recruited by some FCS schools and and I uh, loved to play. What do we have to do? And I had to go right through that same spill again. But all of a sudden, we had another lineman move in. And, you know, it took a while for them to get eligible. They got eligible uh, from the state just in time. Basically, one of them got – I can't remember which way it was. One of them got eligible with his 10 practices and stuff. The Thursday of the – the Davis County game, and the other one may have gotten eligible the next week. Something like that, you know. Yeah, I, I think, you know, just as a as a guy that likes to come every Friday night and watch the games, I, I, the first thing I noticed with this edition of two, the 2014 Red Devil team was the size of the offensive line. When you guys, like, walked out there the first game, you went, whoa. You know, it just, just kind of took a step back. Because Owensboro, historically, uh, they've had some big guys through the years, you know, like a Dean Ewing or a Buster Ashley or somebody like that, uh, Tinsley, uh, some of those guys, David Tandy, I think, played for Vanderbilt. Uh, but this team, like, lines up, and you just kind of go, whoa, that's nice. Yeah, that was the thing about it is, you know, we have some size, and then all of a sudden some more size moves in. We, we've had years where we've had 150-pound, 170-pound guards and uh, guys that – We've had take from fullback or another position and say, hey, look, we need a lineman. you got to play. I mean, Brandon Alessi, who graduated last year, his sophomore year was a guard. And uh, anyway, we've had to make do with that. And we've had big kids, but not a, a slew of them. And the good thing is we got some big ones coming up from the freshman, eighth grade, and the seventh grade. You know, the future's bright. And we got some size for a change. And that's made a big difference for us this year and then so we start the season we know we're going to we, we feel like we're going to be good if we can stay away from injury and because uh, we we're a smart team you know last year our GPA was 3.39 and as a team and that's phenomenal 
I've never had one that good. And so we, we set our goals this year to win city, to uh, have a 3.5 GPA, to win our district so that we could host a game or two and maybe a third game because we knew Madisonville was going to be good. And all that worked out just like we said. We hosted the first three rounds, which was huge. Uh, you know, we might not win that game if we are at Madisonville when we beat them. So, anyway, we did that. We uh, said we will do those things and then try to get more unified. You know, I've been on the team this year, and and uh, we try to stay healthy. Well, we weren't healthy for a while, and then Arius broke his arm, and, and but we've been deep enough. And then, uh, oh, I forgot to say another thing. We said we're going to platoon this year until we get in the playoffs, and we're going to play as many kids as we can to try to get them ready. By the end of the year, if we can survive it, we'll be a better football team. And, that's paid off huge for us this year, especially in the old line. And after a while, we said, well, we're not going to be able to do it with our skill guys right now. But our line, we, our old line, we, we had to use Vassad some, and we started using him at the end. But we had to wait till it got cooler because he's a big guy. You know, going both ways uh, hurts him. And then we end up using Tyler Howard on the defensive side and Ronnie on the defensive side. And, Gabe Philman stepped up for the tight end position blocking, and next thing you know, we're pretty good, and things are going our way. We 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 had, I felt like we had the game won against Bowling Green, and they came out second half and took it away from, you know, they did their adjustments, and we didn't adjust very good, and uh, then things are cruising along, and it, the grind kind of gets to us, and then we we had that stretch where we played. Callaway, uh, Hopkins Central, open week, and, you know, it just – in that time I had a week off from school and probably got the fat head a little bit and went and played a Henderson team that had been struggling. We tried to tell them, look, this is a rivalry game. you got to understand they're going to try to smack you in the mouth. And that team got healthy too when you played them, I noticed. And they did get healthy. They're, you know, you can't tell a kid that, though, when they see Massaville stomp them and – Things like that. So then they got healthy, and then we go down there, a little fathead, and they, they smack us in the mouth, and it was the best thing that happened to us. It reminded us we can get beat, you know. And uh, then we regrouped. And it also helped us as coaches. It, it made us coach a little bit different. We changed some formations and put some different people in, and stayed with our scheme but went some different formations to put a little more beef at certain places for the option game to make sure we could block linebackers because it's pretty hard when you ask a 130-pound kid to go against some of the linebackers we play. So anyway, we made the adjustments. The kids worked hard. And then uh, uh, we come up and had to play Massonville. I mean, uh, Massonville. And I don't know how to explain that game. We They came out. We were tight. They got up 21. Then we cut, settled down. And we hold them right before half, and then we come back out, and they blink, and it's 21-21 in two minutes' time of the third quarter. You know, our kids have a lot of resilient uh, belief and and everything executed right. And so then we have to have a goal line stand at the end of the game, and, you know, and then you got a guy like Nick Locker who who is – we tell them when they do these certain things, you are you can you have the right to run the fake punt, and we have about five fake punts, and and he runs one of them for twenty and backed up the end zone, and what guts that took, and and I saw it, and I just didn't think I wasn't going you know call that, and he I saw him do it, and I was like oh wow, and he he completes it, and I mean runs for first down, and then we win that one, and then we go up to the game where everybody wants to talk about. I think everybody's forgotten about Madisonville game, to be honest with you, after, you know, the past we call our father uh, that around here because we went straight to that top brass for that one. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, we go in that game two minutes and 12 seconds to go. We, we'd we already given away one touchdown to open the game, and we're going in to score with two minutes and 12 to go up 14. And we, we go, we get this one in, it's over with. Because we had bottled them up but 
all but one play. And um, instead, we fumble it. And then they break an 80-yarder. And then they get the ball back. They throw a pass, and our DB's going to pick it off and run for the other way, probably six points. Falls flat on his face, falls in the mud, and we catch him at the 20, and they on, uh, they kick the field goal. Luckily, they called timeout with 10 seconds left. They kicked the field goal, which we almost blocked. You know, I told our kids we'll block it and be ready to scoop and score, and we miss it just a little bit, and he squeaks it in, and then we're down. And I, I was thinking, what happened there? And uh, and then they onsided it. We recover it, and then our father pass ha- happened, and the rest and, is history. And then ESPN Sports Center happens, and the whole world gets to gets to get on that. Everybody around here, you know, at this point in the game, knows about Nick Locker and what he's done with the offense, how how he's been a steady senior. They also know about Arius Phillips, and especially since he's come back from injury, the importance he's provided, the leaderships he's provided. But let's talk about some of the emerging players, uh, especially going into Saturday's game against Highlands. Tavian Board on defense and T.J. James on offense. I feel like those kids are really, um, especially since the playoffs have started, really starting to contribute in a bigger manner probably than they than they have all season. Well, if I told you that Tavian was a disappointment in the season, that'd be too strong. We 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 had all along felt like he should be playing better, and he has the ability, and you know. It just takes some of us a little longer than others, and he's matured very nicely during the season. And, you know, on the goal line stand, he's the guy to play right before. He stuffs the guy in the hole to set up the goal line stand against Madisonville, and he's come a long way. And and then, you, you know, uh, speak. you didn't mention Jacoby Gardner, who's stepped up this year and had a very solid year and, and has made some plays from on the other side of the field. Uh, he – the night he made a tackle that probably saved us the game. At the end of the game, he makes a tackle on the other side of the field that was probably going to go for six. So, I mean, we've been real pleased with him. Think he has make can make a lot of big plays, and he has. Uh, and then, of course, TJ. I knew going in this year, TJ's first of all might be as tough as anybody on the field, and I mean that from a standpoint. I mean the. Nick, Arius, all those guys are tough. But TJ is relentless in workouts. He looks physically more mature. Like last year, he looked like a little runt on the field. And God bless him, he, I think he worked his tail off. But this year, he kind of looks more like a man, you know? Well, I'm going to tell him you called him a runt. But anyway, uh, no, he, he, he's, he's strong. He, he's very explosive through the hole and makes great cuts. I think that if we ran the eye – and we were just an eye team and gave him the ball, and we ran zone and eye type plays that he would have, eight, you know, 18, 2,000 yards. Well, he's got almost, what, 1,200, 1,100 and something, and he's getting uh, probably one fourth, one fourth of the carries on the team. So, uh, you know, the other night, though, he stepped up and. 30 carries and uh, got 180 something yards. He's huge for us, and he's so quick. And it couldn't, he couldn't happen to a nicer kid. And uh, that's the thing I like about TJ. He's always got a smile, always working, going 90 miles an hour. And if you tell him today we got knocked down that wall, by the end of the day that wall will be knocked down. And and uh, he's just a great kid. I think, you know, that's that's something that, that it's a luxury, I guess, especially this year with the 2014 Red Devils, is like we could really almost just pull out the roster and start mentioning kids and how much they mean and the things they've done. Ramin Lindsay's another kid we, we haven't even talked about. But uh, previewing this Saturday, I mean, tell us, tell us a little bit about Fort Thomas Highlands. We know they're big, bad, uh, 22 state championships, you know, Jerry Lorenzen, Gino Gadouli, all those guys. Tell us a little bit about this year's version of Fort Thomas Highlands. Well, I also want to mention, you know, some of those carries that TJ would have had. Ramin is playing the same position, and Ramin's got 800 yards. So you put the two of them together, they're right at 2,000 yards. So that that's what I was meaning a while ago. And Nick, Nick's at 800, 
you know, you give some of those carries to TJ. That's what I was talking about. But uh, no, I'm, I was just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, Cause I, I feel like you do. Like I, I, we could mention, like, I feel like bad leaving anybody off, Right. you know, because we got so many special kids, you know, Jaleel Barrett, Rodney Collier. I mean, the list just goes on and on, but in the interest of time, <laughs> we'll. So, yeah, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, I, I clarified that, but, and I don't want to take anything away from any of the kids. They are all vital. And that's what I love about our offense. We spread the wealth, and that makes us even tougher. But anyway, Highlands, um, you say 22. I know it's a bunch is all I know. I know they're all-time winning in school in the nation with 850 or so wins. But, you know, we got 711 ourselves so or, or something like that. You know, I think it's 711, and uh, we won a few games. And I told our kids, they're just kids like us. They got a quarterback It's very athletic. He runs the ball. Uh, when makes things happen, when things aren't there, he throws a very nice ball. Uh, he's going to BYU for a reason. Uh, they got a little receiver number six, and I don't want to mispronounce his name, but Venable or something like that, and and uh, he can make things happen. And then the other guys are just they're well coached. They they don't make a lot of mistakes. They uh, punish you when you do make a mistake and they got that arrogance they got the arrogance of we've done this we've been there and if they have an advantage on us this week the advantage is their coaches do this every year and our coaches this is the first time that we've had to go through and this week is brutal and the paperwork and the, the people calling you and the people coming in trying to take congratulations and you know, well-meaning people, and I'm glad they all did. I just got off the phone with Gene Van Hoos, who's won a few state championships, and listened to him, and it was good listening to him, uh, and I appreciate it. But it's a lot of distractions, a lot of things, and you you got to try to keep it the week like any other week, and that's impossible, but you try to. And that, what I try to tell our kids this week is let's not worry about Highlands. Let's worry about what we got to do to win. Let's also worry about everybody's wanting to celebrate and cook and all this kind of thing. Let's, we'll do that next week. Win or lose, we're going to celebrate. This game is not going to define who, who we are, what we've accomplished this week. Win or lose. And let's just treat it like another week and get ready and go in there and see what we're made of. And if we're good enough to win it, we'll win it. If we're not, we've had a great run and I've enjoyed the heck out of the year. And so – our kids have had a real good workman-type mentality all week, and I've been proud of them for that because it had been real easy to get caught up. I mean, just think about the way we won two games, being on SportsCenter, haven't been to the state in 14 years, and everybody's telling you how great you are. For a teenager and an old coach, that's hard to keep focused on what is at task. And um, they've done a great job of that this week. And I think it's going to be a good game. I think so, too. I think the Red Devil Nation's fired up. They're going to show up. I'm, I'm hoping for a good, you know, five, 6,000 good fans down there. I think that's. I think it's possible. I think a lot of the community, even outside of Owensboro, is, is jumping on the Red Devil uh, family because, you know, hey, we're going down there as a city to, to bring this thing back. And, Coach, I just want to, again, thank you for taking the time uh, to join us and, and wish you luck. And, and let's, let's go get this thing done. And uh, regardless of win or lose, uh, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you. Big time thanks to Coach Prince. That's that's huge there. Uh, uh, getting to hear from him in a, in a big week, the biggest week of the season for the for the Red Devils. I want to talk a little bit about Owensboro first, then we'll get into Highlands and break them down what they're looking at. We got a little bit of time here, about twenty minutes left on the show, uh, and then we'll we'll try to break down the matchup. I know Clark has studied it at Will. He's our pretty much coach on the spot. He broke it down brilliantly last week for North Odin's Odom. So. Uh, First of all, you got you talk about OHS. You got to talk about Nick Locker. They kind of come and go as he goes. Uh, we saw him start slow a couple times, picked himself up, finished well. Kind of similar to how how OHS has played. Uh, he's thrown for sixteen touchdowns. He's ran for eighteen. Uh, counts for thirty four total touchdowns. At the end of the day, I think uh, oh, he's the leader, the consummate the consummate leader, the guy that they look to, and he never gets rattled, no matter how bad he starts or or what he might throw a pick, but I've not seen this kid fold at any stretch. I mean, down three with 
six seconds to go, 61 yards left. He's still not quitting. He's still out there uh, battling and getting his team to win. So uh, he's the leader of this team. Talk a little bit about, about Nick Locker. Yeah, Nick Locker, I mean, he, he he's the expressionless leader. He's never too high. He's never too low. Um, he's just kind of even kill at all times. I mean, he's kinda, he's almost like a like a Harrison twin for UK. Just kind of kind of cold and calculating, and, and he just does his thing. You know, he he's, he he has made some mistakes here in the playoffs, um, but he never lets it get him down. And you know, to me, that's senior leadership. That's the kind of kid that that's been there, done that. Nothing's going to phase him. And at this stage in the game, state championship, class four A, that's that's who you want to row with. Absolutely. You, you could tell Coach Prince has ultimate trust in him just from that interview right there because he has the ability to call a fake punt whenever you're on your you're facing your own end zone there facing elimination and he's in got the fourth quarter it, like two minutes left and he's got the ability to be able to change the call into a fake punt. So I mean they've got all the trust in the world in that kid. Well, I just remember back in the summer when we're doing you know early August we're doing uh, football type things. We're bringing kids in to interview from all the area schools. We bring in Nick Locker and he brings in. A, a couple of underclassmen with him and we're interviewing him and uh we go to commercial break and he makes sure he makes a point of saying you know guys make sure you uh say you know acknowledge that the, about the offensive line acknowledge the defensive line and how they're you know how they're yeah, it's not good I. for our there's team no yeah I. there's no i it's, it's right. we it's us you know and I mean, even before like lifting and workouts, pre-workouts <laughs> and all the scrimmages and stuff he was still a leader back then you can see it now a leader won't you know, if you're not a leader, you're not going to be able to make that pass he did the other night. I, yeah. You know, even though it got tipped a couple of times, still, he, he was heady enough to, to put them in that situation, you know, for that opportunity. So, I, that, yeah. my props to Nick Locker. Absolutely. And then you look to him, I think they come and go as, as he goes. Other guys, obviously, huge impact. This team is absolutely loaded with talent. T.J. James, he's our reigning player of the week. He rushed for almost 1,200 yards at 1180, 16 touchdowns. He's at 6.9 yards of carry, has 18 total touchdowns. Huge, huge numbers there. You got Jalil Barrett, huge playmaker. He's averaged, uh, he's, he's he's right at 11 total touchdowns. Rodney Collier in the passing game, he doesn't have huge statistics, but it seems like there's that one play every game you can look to. And, and that, that shows up on film, and coaches have to respect that because they see that even if it's just once. I mean, it could be, once could turn into two or three times. So you've got to honor. Uh, Rodney Collier deep. I think that's a big addition for the team as well. It's one of those reasons that Owensboro has such nice rushing numbers as well. You got to commit a safety to that guy. Absolutely. And you talk about the guys up front. The guys are not going to get any love. I and mean, we were talking about them off the air, just how big Owensboro is across front. And Coach Prince talked about how they're blessed with a lot of size this year. Uh, it's it's a total team effort uh, when it comes to the offense and the defense. We'll get to the defense in a minute, but talk a little bit about the offense just quickly here before we get into Highland. Yeah, the offense, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's no secret. Uh, Owensboro's going to line up and, and run the option. They're going to do what they do. They they kind of like to ground and pound you. They kind of like to steal your soul. They kind of, you know, they, they you know what they're going to do. Yeah, the, the, the film, the eye in the sky don't lie, as they like to say, right? The, the, you watch it on film, you, you know your responsibilities and everything, but, but, they, but the, you can't stop it, right? So they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And – Prince does a great job, and, and he's blessed to have enough depth to sub in. I mean, he's even subbing in linemen, right? So his offensive line may change up during the game. You know, his defensive line definitely they're that deep they can and not the, really have a drop-off. Exactly. So in the third and fourth quarter, man, your, your, your soul is getting sucked out of you because they're just, they keep bringing in guys, and they're, they're doing the same thing, and you can't stop it. Frustration sets in for a lot of teams, and 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 you know you, you overload the box. You want to you want to go cover zero, cover one. Hey, guess what? Now you're one on one with uh, Rodney Collier or, or Jaleel Barrett. You know, Tavian Board across the middle is is, is an emerging threat. Ronnie Weissen on these two point conversions is an emerging threat. I mean, they'll Keyshawn even, Walker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they'll, they'll even stick Mike Johnson in there at the linebacker spot and have him run a fly route. Good luck catching him because yeah. if he gets a step on you, you ain't nobody in this state catching him. Then you flip it over to the defense. Jacoby Gardner is the he's the all area uh, defensive player of the year. He had seventy six tackles. He added an interception. Uh, I just I haven't been able to make it out to the OHS playoff games, but I've been listening. And I mean, the kid you hear his name just constantly, just around the ball. If they didn't have so many other defensive standouts on the team, great teammates that he's blessed with, I think he would have been a guy that would have had a hundred 
kind of like you know some oh, yeah. of the other guys in, in our area, Devereaux, John Mark Borman, that had higher tackle numbers. He just wasn't caught on to do as much because you know he's got other uh, teammates that were that were that were doing it. You know, luckily to be blessed. But Arius Phillips is a guy that since he's came back from his injury, the defense has really elevated their game. He's now, a leader of the D. He absolutely is. He's always making sure that the guys are lined up in the right position. Uh, if there's a, if the offense checks out of something, he can spot it, point it out, and, and adjust the defense accordingly. And th- to have that kind of experience and leadership on the field on the defensive side, because we talked about Nick Locker on the offensive side, but to have basically the flip side of that on on defense, and I mean, it takes so much. That's a great point. It takes so much pressure off. That's a great point. Arius is the he is the Nick Locker of the defense, and you see that. I'm just glad he got to come back. I mean, you know, when he got that injury, we're thinking, oh, man, senior year, season's over. I mean, there's no way he's coming back. He's out there. Not only is he back with one arm, but he's making plays all over the place. I mean, he had the game-winning interception that sealed the deal versus Madisonville. I mean, it's a, it's a storybook kind of situation for I, Aries I'm, Phillips. I'm, I'm not saying don't give him any carries tomorrow, but <laughs> but, but he's got one Sorry, arm. Sorry, he, He's got one arm. Let's keep that in Sorry. mind. Sorry. We, we got we to move it on. I, I want to highlight Keyshawn Walker, too. Four picks. Lockdown corner, one of our favorite players, uh, Keyshawn Walker. There's so many other guys we could talk about. I think Coach Prince did a good job of covering it. We got to talk about Highlands. Get the get the listeners informed on what OHS is up against. This team is 12 and two. It might that that record is deceiving because the two losses that they have are against just absolute powers in uh, Columbus. I think they're from Miami, Florida. Yeah, Christopher Columbus still playing in the Florida State playoffs. Yeah, that's nasty. And then you got – and they only lost to him 38-34. In the largest classification in Florida. In, yeah, that's, that's a that's – a, you talk about big boy, that's that's a grown adult team. That's, right on, that's Andre the Giant right that's there right. is what that is. Then you got uh, Elder. They lost to Elder 49-35. Those are their two losses. Uh, Cincinnati, I think. It, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And they're a power. I mean, they're and, an and Trinity power. did beat them, pretty, beat them up pretty good in the scrimmage. Yeah, so – so there is that, and they, what I see about this team is they started kind of slow, but here lately, not, not many teams has, has touched them. Uh, Covington Catholic gave them a little bit of a run for the money a couple of weeks ago. This is not an unbeatable Highlands team like that we've seen OHS go up against in the past. I know they've always been the the stopper at the end of the day. OHS state championship run always ends at Highlands. I think this is a little bit more of a winnable game for OHS. Uh, I want to talk about their players, and then we'll talk about the matchup real quick. We got to talk about Bo Hodge because he's a quarterback. He is the be all end all uh, for Highlands. This kid makes the team go. He's thrown for 3,200 yards this season, 33 touchdowns, only six picks versus an elite schedule. I mean, you're talking about we talked. I know we talked about how Henderson has an elite schedule and what this is. This is another level of, of high school football, and he's also ran for 791 yards and 23 touchdowns, accounting for 56 overall touchdowns for this team. Uh, he is the son of Merrill Hodge, who's NFL great, ESPN analyst. He gets it done. He kind of reminds me. I, I don't. I hate to make comparisons like this, but a poor man's – or a high school kid, it's Johnny Manziel is what I see when I look at him on, on, on highlights. I think that's fair. You know, I, I watch the highlights. I've been doing it all week, and I've, I've, I've seen them do the same things over and over again against every team on the schedule, whether it be a Campbell County or whether it be a Christopher Columbus out of Miami or even a Cincinnati Elder. You can't – this kid's elusiveness is just nasty. He was number one on ESPN's top – well, it might be a little bit of bias there with Merrill on, on, the, right. on the crew, but he was number one on ESPN's top ten – like two or three weeks ago, I think it was. You could go check the play out on YouTube. It's just nasty. Well, yeah, Kentucky high school football has been on ESPN the top ten for the last three yeah. weeks. It's been pretty, pretty, pretty nice. cool. Pretty cool. Pretty so, cool. but but getting back to uh, Bo Hodge, man. I mean, I, I was sitting there thinking the same thing. Who who is this kid comparable to? And I and I kept coming back in my mind Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel, because Highlands' offensive line is you know in the past they've they've kind of just been able to overwhelm Owensboro at times. I don't know that that's going to happen Saturday. This offensive line is good. They're solid. They're fundamentally sound. You'll get on, you'll see them get up to the line of scrimmage, and like half the kids will be pointing and around and stuff. And they do a lot of that just to throw defenses off. They're pointing it at baby Jesus in the sky <laughs> or something. They're not really even saying anything. They just do that to throw. But but this this is not a dominant offensive line as in as in years past. And and Hodge really has ran for his life a lot this year, but he's so good and so talented. The kid can literally be scrambling to his right, make a spin move, go back to his left, and still chuck the ball 50 yards down the field. I don't want to say Johnny Manziel, but I'm saying Johnny Manziel. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what he does at BYU because, man, this kid, wow. Yeah, he's tough. He's tough. And if you get into the other skill players, uh, a couple other ones stand out. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Griffin 
Ehrlich. Uh, 127 carries, 823, seven touchdowns. He's he's the running game that isn't Bo Hodge, so he'll be the guy to look to. I noticed their stats are really skewed on uh, two or three players: Hodge, this guy, and then the wide receiver who's had a monster year. Uh, say his name, last name for me: Vindeman. Vindeman, yes. 87 catches, uh, over 1,500 yards receiving, 22 touchdowns receiving. He's a beast. So OHS will put lockdown on him. That's going to be a matchup. If that is the case, if they go one-on-one with him with Keyshawn Walker, I'm assuming that would be a matchup to see. I, you know, they got all these books out, how to do this for dummies, how to do that for dummies, the little yellow books that everybody can buy and figure out how to do something. I'm going to give you the, the Highlands scouting report for dummies in, in a nutshell. Here Basi- it comes. Basically, Highlands does – they do a few different things, but the, the, they like to do the zone read. Uh, that's pretty much what Oregon does. Or spread offense. <clears throat> right, right. What Auburn does is, is is the quarterback will read a certain guy, and he's going to hand it off to the running back or keep it. So so that's that's a lot of it right there in a nutshell. They also like to do a lot of rollout passes, and a lot of times they'll roll out to the right side. And what they'll do is all the linemen will kick to the right and just kind of go down a straight line. They're still zone blocking when, when they're rolling right. They'll just kind of – you know, keep the guys off and kind of pass them down as they go. And all the while, Bo Hodge will row to his right. Now, here's the thing. Here's the kicker about this. This and you. This is this is a this is a, a, a consistent theme every single game. What he likes to do, they'll row right. He looks for his first option. If his first option's not there, he's going to start scrambling. All right. When he starts scrambling, depending on how much time he is, the first thing he's doing, he's looking deep. All right, he's looking for Vindeman because Vindeman's running a fly half the time or he's running a, a middle post or something like that. He's, he's gone. All right, so but if that's not there, he'll look back across the middle or just take off with it. I mean, the, the kid, that the one, I, I don't even want to say it's a knock, but he gets happy feet really quick. And I, and I think that's a product of his offensive line not being all. Yeah, if you're rolling your offensive line far to the right, I mean, you're going to have happy feet. <laughs> you have to have happy feet quick, get out there to follow you. And, and Highlands has no problem with, with, with those little out routes. They'll, they'll eight yards, ten yards you, six yards you, uh, 12 yards you to death. And they'll, they'll take that out route, and they'll go to the sidelines, get their ten yards, and go into the next play. They have no problem. The High, Highlands is, is a very disciplined team. If they don't hit the home run, they don't care. The, as long as they're picking up pilot positive yardage, very, it, sounds, they're very, it sounds very tough to defend. <laughs> they're very disciplined. That, that's that's what they do. They they try to do like kind of what Owensboro does, except in a spread. They try to break your spirit. They try to just keep you know three here, five here, eight here, you know seven here, and then they hit you with the home run ball. You know they just kind of try to take your soul away from you. So it's going to be a matchup of 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 willpower to to a certain degree. Yeah. So I mean, if you're looking at the matchup, uh, how OHS plays versus how they play. What's the keys? What's your keys to the game? Uh, you've seen OHS all year. You've done your homework on Highlands. I want to know, OHS brings a trophy back Saturday night. We're partying. Uh, and, and what made that happen? First of how, all, how does it happen? We are partying, and we're partying at D-Van's house. Just let it be known <laughs> right it, now. How does it happen? How how did OHS get the trophy back to Owensboro? At the end of the day, when, when OHS has got the trophy in their hands, and people are saying, how in the world did they be Highlands? How, how did they do it? Well, the way they're going to do it is, first and foremost, they can't turn the ball over. Um, and and I, when, I, when I say they can't turn the ball over, sure, they can have a turnover. I mean, I don't, I don't think a turnover would be the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. What they can't do is have multiple turnovers, multiple drive, you know, shooting yourself in the foot, you know, driving like they did against Madisonville. They, you know, they were down 21-0 against Madisonville, but they were driving the ball every time and just shot themselves in the foot. Um, they can't give up gimmies all right they can't throw pick sixes they can't fumble and then have the guy run it back for a touchdown like they did against north odom spotted them a 7-0 lead right off the hand you do that this weekend you're in trouble all right so first of all they need to cut down on the turnovers second of all they need to they need to tackle on defense all right this this highlands team they can hit a home run on you i mean vindeman can get you deep or or hodge can scramble and and do his thing but for the most part if you just keep the guys in front of you and you make the play and you wrap up and tackle, I mean, this is a Highlands team that only scored 30 points against Ashland, right? That's right. So I think Owensboro is going to be able to move the ball. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't move the ball at all. But from what I've seen, the size that Owensboro has, I think Highlands coaches in some articles, their fans on the message boards, they're all concerned about Owensboro size. They're not concerned that they're going to lose this game. 
but they are the one concern they have is Owensboro's size up front. And I think that's going to pose a lot of problems. I think what Owensboro is, is going to move the ball, what I'm interested to see is if Locker and Collier or whoever else can connect on that deep ball because there's going to be opportunities in this game. Highlands, is going, Highlands likes to do a lot of stunning with their linebackers. There's going to be opportunities for Owensboro High School to hit a deep ball. they got to connect. Yeah, right. you, can't, you can't leave those out there on the field like we have seen in the past. The two things I'll make a point real quick. Uh, two things I see right off the bat is that uh, OHS can play with this team. I mean, they can. This is not a game where they go in and, and get worried. The number one thing that stands out to me is there's no quit in this team. Like they, They're not going to go down there believing, hey, well, our season's coming to an end. They're believing they can win. And, I mean, this team believed they could win – 61 yards away from a touchdown, down three with six seconds to go. They still believe that you could see it in the play. Just go watch the play and the move that he makes on the kid after he makes the catch. I mean, uh, there's no quit in this team, and I, I fully believe you. Look at who, look at the scoring output. Like you said, you made a good point. They only score 30 points versus Ashland, uh, 37 versus Covington. I mean, these aren't like huge numbers. 24 versus Campbell County. Right, and that's way back when. But that's still that's. A, this is an offense that can be contained. Just play your assignment, like you said. Keep your man in front of you and make the play and, and let the chips fall where they may. The common t- theme when, when Highlands doesn't light up the scoreboard is those teams controlling the clock, uh, maintaining possession. And Owensboro's offense is built for that, which goes back to Owensboro not shooting themselves in the foot. If Owensboro maintains possessions, eats some clock, does what they do, steal Highlands' soul just a little bit every time, guys – it's going to be it's going to be something special. I'm telling you right now. No, there's also a little bit of chance of rain for the game, so I like that on Owensboro's side because they're just going to pound the ball, a spread offense that might throw them off a little bit. Uh, Mr. Johnny Manziel, as you're all calling him, maybe it'll create a turnover too. Y'all were commenting on how he doesn't really he kind of hold the ball like Johnny Manziel strip that ball. Hey, the football gods are shining on him. We've already talked about that, so maybe the football gods will. We'll shine on them a little more and give them a little bit of elements to to help their game plan a little bit along. We we talk about unsung heroes. You know, you see it in the NCAA tournament all the time. And I think there will be an unsung hero in this game, some guy that we don't normally talk about. This matchup right here is made for a guy like Trey Crow, defensive end from Owensboro. There it is. Throwing it out there, giving a name uh, to look for. But real quick, we only got a few minutes left. Who wins the game? Who wins it? I mean, go ahead and get it started, Ward. F I L D. That's right. What do you got? What do you got, Hardesty? Uh, they, Putting you on the spot. I want the Devils to win bad. I really do because uh, I guess the last fifteen years, Catholic went to the state finals like three times, and and OHS and everybody really supported Catholic High, and and I really want OHS to win. I just don't think they will. Yeah. I mean, Highlands is really good, but OHS is good. I think Highlands wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, I. I lean more toward. I hate to make the prediction. I really do, because I, I I'm I'm pulling for them with all my heart. But I think the Highlands at the end of the day are, is just a machine. If they can find out a way to slow down Bo Hodge, if they if they can slow him down, they they can win this football game. It's that simple. I think at the end of the day, a couple mistakes maybe from Owensboro here and there. After you've done it for so many weeks in a row, I have to think that maybe you're prone to a turnover here or there. So I think maybe they turn the ball over a couple times and Highlands takes advantage and, and, and gets the win. I've watched I've watched enough film to be sick in the face. I mean, I mean, like <laughs> you're I, ready to go coach this game. Yeah, well, <laughs> or play in it. Yeah, Sit him up. I don't know. I'll, Give I'll just, some pads. I'll just stand there and watch it. How about that? I let. I think they've done a pretty good job this year of that. They have. So, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a bystander. But you know, the Owensboro's built to beat Highlands. I know that sounds crazy. It sounds a little wacko. But follow, I believe but, it. But, but follow me here. The things that Highlands, their, their deficiencies are stopping the run and giving up. The one thing I've noticed about Highlands' secondary is you can beat them deep, which goes back to my point of Locker connecting on, on, to somebody, whether it's Collier, whether it's Barrett, whether it's Mike Johnson, you know, Keyshawn, anybody uh, on the deep pass. If Owen, I, I, I Honestly, man, I, I think Owensboro's built to beat Highlands. And, so and, make and call. Me, call me crazy. Call it. Call me crazy. Call it. But Owensboro's going to win this game 28 to 24 and bring home the Class 4A state championship back yeah. home to Owensboro, Kentucky. It would be awesome. It would be just to look back on the epic run to finish it off this way. Man, it would be an unbelievable run uh, through the playoffs for the Devils. So go Devils. Get the win. 2.30 tomorrow down at Western Kentucky. 
Uh, get down there and support OHS. I know the whole town's really rallied around them nicely. And get that trophy back to OHS. Before we go, real quick, i got to highlight again, uh, tomorrow night, if you're back in time or or if you're not going to the game tomorrow night, get out to the Sports Center and donate some toys to Coasters for Owensboro Catholic. Varsity's at 6, JV's at 4.30. That's a, that's a great, uh, great thing. So maybe you can celebrate a state championship, get over to the Sports Center and donate some toys to a great cause. Let's get out of here, Mr. Ward. I want to remind you, you can go to www.thehomers1027.com for exclusive podcasts, daily news, picks, videos, and more. Follow at thehomers1027 on Twitter and Instagram for picks, courtesy of Greater Owensboro Realty. Call 270-315-0354 to talk to them. Find us on Facebook, The Homer Show. If you'd like to sponsor The Homer Show for as low as $25 a week, give me a call at 270-315-4242. F-I-L-D. Get the win.